welcome to Ashley Live, a talk show highlighting influential people across various industries from business to politics to journalism and everywhere in between. I'm your host, Ashley Lynn Priori, a leadership strategist, entrepreneur, and founder of the nationally recognized nonprofit, Queen Gambit. We use chess to teach young people strategic leadership skills. As always, feel free to ask a question, request a guest, or just say hi. You can tweet at me at Ashley Priori. Use the hashtag Ashley Live. And as always, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We have a very exciting guest today, Brittany Turner, um, an incredible entrepreneur, philanthropist, business leader. She founded Ariel at the age of 21 with a mission of elevating people in places. And she started out working for free and living in her car. And 10 years later, she now has active domestic and international real estate projects. She is a millionaire and she has formed multiple companies under this brand, all accelerating the mission of empowering people, sustaining the planet and utilizing capitalism as a force for good. She is all about making sure that women and young people around the globe have the tools that they need to succeed. And her entire career has been focused on this. Um, she is doing such incredible work, very inspiring um, female figure. And she every day lives her life to positively impact others. And I can't wait for you to meet her. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you, Ashley. I'm excited to be here. We've had so many young women looking forward to this and submitting questions and just excited to hear about your journey since you are um, a serial entrepreneur and you've done so much in real estate, which is super, super exciting. So for starters, we just love to hear about a little bit about your journey. So you started your first organization at 21, 21 right? Yeah. Well, it goes back farther than that. So I want to speak to all of you and to tell you that those little desires and the big desires you had as kids are not crazy. You know, sometimes they're there for a reason. And um, I've got a really connected journey to God. And that has been a huge, it's been the secret sauce to the miracles that have unfolded in my life. And I can't, I can't tell the story any other way. Um, but at 12 years old, I decided I wanted to do mission work in Africa. I saw people suffering. I hadn't even seen it in my, in real life myself, but I saw people suffering and I knew that that's who I wanted to help. That's what I wanted to dedicate my life to. And so I went and I planned on, I want to be a, you know, a useful missionary. So I planned on going into the medical field and all those things, end up going to this survival school that teaches you how to, you know, survive no matter what. And then I was just going to move to Africa at 18. Like that was the vision I had for my life. But at 17, I had actually gone on a mission trip. And during that trip, I met a little girl that had been sexually abused when I was 17. She was abused when she was one. And now she was about eight years old and she still couldn't actually speak because her vocal cords were destroyed. And when I saw that hopelessness in her eyes, I was broken, angry, pissed, like whatever, all the emotions. And I was so upset. I wanted to just go beat this guy up for doing such a terrible thing. It was, it was her dad had done that to her when she was just an infant, 
But I was even more upset when I found out that it was socially accepted in that community, up in this little village in the middle of nowhere, for fathers to break in their daughters. And one out of every four babies died before they turned one from sexual trauma. And I was so upset to not only hear about an issue you don't really know is real, but to actually witness it and then to see it happening more and more. So I went back to the, my tent, I got on my knees and I said, God, whatever it looks like, I want to make this not a thing because I was in a village where I witnessed people like me, women had zero value, zero value. They were just going to be somebody's plaything. And I didn't want to live in a world that that was socially acceptable in. And so I realized at 17, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any influence. I didn't have any resources. How am I going to make this not a thing? And how do you even change the world? And so I looked at, you know, some historical data because I'm not into reinventing the wheel. And I saw, wow, you really can change the world and share new ways society can get around things if you can infiltrate media. And so I thought maybe someday I'll come back and make a documentary. I didn't know. But anyway, I got on my knees that night. I dedicated my life to it. And I heard God say loud and clear, I'm going to take you out of the mission field and I'm going to put you in business. And I was like, no, anything but that business is so boring in my whole life. I had planned on being this hardcore girl is going to maybe join the army and like do these tough missions and business like, ugh. and so I was very reluctant, but, um, that it was, it was crucial to the rest of my journey that I saw something I couldn't unsee. Now, maybe you listeners have maybe not seen that yourself, or you've heard of something you can't live with that just takes you to heightened levels of anger or sadness. And if it makes you feel that passionately, then a lot of times it's tied to your calling because what you care about is actually different than what I care about. We probably agree that certain things are wrong, but your calling and the grace on your life to actually do something about it is different than mine. And that's why you can filter a lot of times that guidance through desires. Now, when I say desire to eat an entire chocolate cake, maybe that's not God speaking to your heart, you know, or maybe it is, depends on the cake. No, um, but if there's a passionate desire to shift something because you know inherently it's not right, then don't dismiss that. You know, a lot of girls, we dismiss things because we're like, we're in a period or, or well, I must be wrong. Why do we assume we must be wrong? Why? Why? Have some freaking confidence. And I am giving you advice as if I was giving myself advice. Again, at 17 is what do I wish I would have known starting this journey? So I um, long story short, somebody came to my school and said, did you know you can buy a house with no money down? Because I didn't have any money. And if your mortgage payment is $900 a month, but you rent it out for $1,200 a month, you get to keep that $300. And if you do that 10 times, you can live in Africa. You don't have to ask anybody for money. And I was like, go on. <laughs> I love this idea. So that's what I, I set out to do. I was like, well, I don't want to have to ask other people for money. And I don't want somebody to cap my calling. And I want you all to write that down. May no one ever cap my calling because they have a grip on my life. 
in a lot of ways, there's two ways that people really get a grip on your life. It's A, your own insecurity. They prey on your own insecurity and make you feel like you have to have them. You are freaking born without them and you're gonna die without them. And no matter what they say to you, it doesn't change your value. It's just like screaming at a hundred dollar bill. You're worthless. You'll never be anything. It doesn't change that it's still worth a hundred dollars. No matter what you say or do to that, as long as it's still intact, <laughs> it's still worth a hundred dollars. Same thing for you. So number one reason people get knocked out of the game, specifically women insecurity. Number two is financial control. Money is, has been made into this big mystical thing, but it's fake and it's bull crap. It really is. It's not even real, but we're giving it worth. So it is a way to function in society. So let's give it that. That's all it is. It's not that hard to go make. I promise. If you create value, you will get paid. As long as you're not so insecure, you don't ask for it. So know your value, walk in that value, create value, and you will always get paid. So I was talking to somebody the other day, I was like, money doesn't change you. It reveals you. It reveals who you are when you don't have to kiss anybody's butts. And it also reveals who you are because you will spend and expand things in your lifetime because whatever money touches, it will expand. So if you throw it at a problem, it will expand the problem. If you throw it at a solution, it will expand the solution. So even when you want to go to Haiti, you don't throw money at poverty. You throw money at opportunity that people who want opportunity can walk into. Okay. So we're going high level, but I, I think y'all are staying with me. So I bought that first house at 18 years old, right before the greatest economic recession to ever hit slammed America and the rest of the world. And I, in the process of buying it, heard about this thing, how you can get rich from flipping houses and, you know, rich dead poor. All these people are saying that that's how you make money really fast. And I want us motivated to make money fast, not to go buy a bunch of crap, but because I knew little girls were suffering if I didn't have this money. Now, a lot of reasons other people get knocked out of the game is they don't understand that your life is really important. Your one chance on this earth is really important. And the thing you're called to do does require you stepping out and stepping into it. And if you don't take the time to get educated and take those, there are only risks because you don't know what you're doing. Not risks once you know what you're doing. Okay. And take those steps of faith, then people are suffering. Stop thinking it's holy to, to play small. Stop thinking it's holy to play small, ladies. You know how many people gave me hell in my career starting this whole thing out because they didn't believe women can do this? Am I mad at them? No, I'm mad at all of you. <laughs> I'm mad at all of you for playing small. And, and when you do great things, you don't tell anybody. You hide it. Now, I know why we hide it because there's haters and weirdos and like creepazoids and all kind of junk I've had to deal with in my career. But when you hide, you make it harder for the next girl. It is human instinct. If we've never seen someone that looks like this do this thing, then why would we believe it? I've never seen a turtle fly. I've never seen it. So if you told me that that turtle flies, I probably wouldn't believe you. And if you wanted me to invest in a turtle that flies, I'd be like, oh, no. So I'm gonna give that turtle a much harder time than an eagle. So don't be mad when people don't believe in you. Use 
all of that energy to just say, I get to make a way for the next girl because anger doesn't actually change anything. My favorite quote is Buckminster Fuller. If you want to change something, uh, no, he said, you never change anything by fighting the existing system. You only change things by creating a better system that makes the old one obsolete. And that is the summary of my career. I had to, in the recession, nobody would teach me. I had to find a group of guys that I was allowed to work for free for them. I had to move to another city. I ended up living in my car, homeless, creepazoid truck drivers banging on my window, trying to get to me in a grocery store parking lot for almost nine months in the winter is when I started in Nashville. Uh, I worked 21 hours a day. So it's not like I was in there that long, but it was a lot, 21 hours a day for almost seven years. But after three years of pretty much abysmal failure and being in debt up to my eyeballs and working every hour and not doing any of the playful goofing off partying that other 21 year olds, 22 year olds, 23 year olds were having, I became a multi, multi-millionaire still in the recession. And then I became Forbes' sixth fastest growing woman-owned company in the world. And I'm one of the only woman island owners currently in the world. And it's not my daddy's money and I didn't divorce well. I am proud to say I found a way to create value. I never left my purpose. I helped and blessed along the way imperfectly. I got the education. I put in the work. I took the steps of faith. I stood in a place of surrender but I did the work and I have made a way. When people go to say, oh, women don't do this. They say, yeah, but that Brittany Turner girl. Yeah, but that Brittany Turner girl, maybe this Ashley girl can do it. Maybe Caitlin can do it. Maybe Grace can do it. So just remember when you are on your path, if it's harder, it's not about you. Do not get knocked out of the game because of anger. I love that. And I think you just spoke to so many things that women face in the business world and just, just in general, right? I mean, so many people saying that you can't do it and a lot, oftentimes other women saying you can't do it. And also this sense that like, it's, if you fail like the first week that you're doing it, it's not going to work. And it's like, no, things take time, right? And, and you just, you just spoke to that things take time. Um, can you describe how you felt when you started to see the impact and you started, you know, you started to make some money? Like, how did you, what, what were feelings? Like, what, what were you going through? What was going through your head? Shame. Surprisingly. When I started making a lot of money. I was scared that there was this tipping point of however much money, at some point, you're going to become a bad person. Mm. And that was what I was raised believing. I really used to think that rich people were evil. And that's why I started this call with money is an expansion tool of the heart. Mm. If you're a bad person, when you don't have to hide because you aren't using people for something, you get to be an even worse person. <laughs> you don't have to fake nice. When you're a good person, you have so many more people you can help and bless. There's so much change you can create in the world when you have resources and you don't have to ask anybody. It's the best. Having money is awesome. Way better. 
Okay. And they're like, you have other problems. Yeah, you do, but they're way better. (laughs) I want all of you to become crazy wealthy. The world needs good people to have the resources. I watched that when I was in the British Virgin Islands and it got, well, I had, I had just tied up a property over there that God led me to buy. And I hadn't closed on it yet, but I had made friends because I was renovating it for almost seven months. And it, the whole place got pretty annihilated. The whole little country got annihilated by the greatest hurricane to ever hit the Atlantic. Now, this was not a third world country, but places can become like a third world country overnight because of disasters. Why? Why would I say that? Because their economy's gone, their resources are gone, they have no food, water, roads. It's all just shambles. And I was at the lowest point of my life. I was getting out of an abusive relationship. I'm like one of the strongest chicks I know. I was already a DECA multimillionaire. I had won every award in the world and I still ended up in an abusive relationship. What? What? So my point in sharing that is it can happen to anybody, but when you know your worth and you act like it, you don't put up with it. And that took me some time to learn. So going through the ending of a marriage, the feeling like in a, a failure for even getting into that, he had turned almost everybody in my life against me. He had turned almost all my partners. I lost almost everything I'd ever worked for in my life, all my money, my staff, everything was just like gone. And then the property that I was, that was the holder of the vision for the future of my life and what God was calling me to do and changing the world got annihilated. Plus I had made all these friends and it looked like they were all dead. So I went back to find their bodies and I saw, cause I was pretty burned out. I was literally considering just quitting everything and just living in a shack on the beach and being a waitress in Hawaii and waiting, you know, waiting tables and playing volleyball all day and having no responsibilities except for to just take care of myself and have fun. I was tired. That, those were my thoughts of just like becoming a selfish person in my mind. And it's selfish because I have the capability to do more for humanity. But I watched how Richard Branson, he was a famous entrepreneur for those of you who don't know him, he used this multi, multi-million dollar catamaran, this big boat as a rescue boat. And then I watched, and he owns an island in BVI. And then I watched how the founder of Otterbox, who owns an island in BVI, he brought in Convoy of Hope, which is a cruise ship and fed the whole country for like 120 days. And then how the founder of Google, who owns an island, he used his helicopter to deliver aid to remote islands. And like all these entrepreneurs had so much abundance in their life that they could be God's hands and feet in people's most desperate.